I'm Alex Green. Welcome to Stereo Embers, the podcast. Check this out. to call me when you're lonely You don't get to call me when you're lonely anymore That is the music of Into the Ark and that band's Dane Lloyd will be my guest today on the program but before we get to Dane let me tell you a little bit about Into the Ark Now, this is usually the part of the program where I give you a history about the band or the artist that I'm interviewing. But this is a weird situation because this is a very young band, so there isn't a lot of history. I guess in many ways, the history of the band is happening before our very eyes. But there is a story, and I'm going to tell you that story right now. Thanks to an appearance in the finals of The Voice UK... Word has been traveling fast for the soulful Welsh duo of Into the Ark. But the fact is, Word wouldn't be traveling at all if it wasn't for travel itself. Before Into the Ark really became Into the Ark, the duo of Dane Lloyd and Taylor Marshall Jones had to pack their bags and venture into the world. Now, Roman philosophers are rarely wrong, and if we are to assume that Seneca was right when he said, travel and change of place impart new vigor to the mind, then Lloyd and Jones were about to be two of the most vigorous guys around. After busking around their native Cardiff for beer money, Lloyd and Jones took a series of trips. Those trips not only opened their eyes to the wonders of the world, Those trips helped deepen them as individuals and as artists. Because I'm going to let Dane tell you about what happened to the guys when they were away from home, my job here is to tell you what happened when they came back. After a sojourn through Australia, Lloyd and Jones came home and went straight to work on a four-song EP, which they uploaded straight to YouTube. Thinking their work was done, the fellas hit the road again, this time heading to Tunisia. Now, their time in Northern Africa was spent playing holiday resorts and meeting interesting people along the way. After six months, they came home to find a phone call waiting for them from Sony. Sony wanted to talk. Comparatively, when I got back from my own travels when I was 20, my ex-girlfriend had called me to tell me she was pregnant with my best friend's baby, and she wanted to talk. Now, I'll let you guys decide for yourselves who got the better phone call. But back to our story. After a few shaky showcases, the band did the sensible thing. They borrowed cash from their folks, bought a van, 
packed that van and drove that van from gig to gig, getting themselves adjusted to the working end of the rock and roll lifestyle. Now, let's get to the voice. After a final showing on the program, and one that showed their depth, their poise, and their range, Into the Ark became somewhat of a household name. They logged over a million plays across streaming platforms. They have an upcoming EP called Valencia on the way, and a U.S. tour is happening right now with their fellow countryman, Tom Jones. Into the Ark, as you can see, are about to be into your life. And your life will be better for it. The duo's stirring blend of soulful harmonies and rootsy grooves bring to mind everyone from Paolo Nutini to Van Morrison. Now, this is a cool conversation. Dane is a genial and upbeat guy. And when you hear him tell his story, you'll see he's one of those rare people that can just go somewhere and figure it out. You'll also see that he's one of those guys that things just happen to. And instead of asking questions or wondering why, he just rolls with whatever happens. And as we all know, if you don't roll with whatever happens, things stop happening. And if you do roll with what happens, one day you're busking for beer money, and the next day you're opening for Tom Jones. Here's my chat with Dane Lloyd of Into the Ark, right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast. The best thing about traveling was kind of just trying our songs in different parts of the world and seeing how it resonates in different countries. And to be fair, most of the time, it would be the like whatever was like our biggest song in the UK would end up being the one they liked the most elsewhere as well. So it, 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 there's quite a similar formula, but it, it built up our confidence as well, and it definitely helps with uh, writing new material, being on the road all the time. And you guys had traveled together, but didn't one of you stay back? And one of you went home, and one of you stayed. Yeah, that was. Um, Taylor stayed and I went for about eight and a half months. And how was that for you? I mean, did you, as as a person, do you think that you matured in a way that you wouldn't have matured if you hadn't traveled? Yeah, definitely. But to be honest, I was quite an immature 20-year-old. So um, it, it definitely, like, I, I think I just had, it didn't necessarily mature me. Kind of, I just kind of just was a bit ballsy or a bit um bit naive about I just I don't know I just didn't like traveling didn't fear me so like I just I just kind of wanted to go get away from Wales and see the world and at the time Taylor was uh, still in college so he couldn't come so uh, he probably would have otherwise and so you I, I'm just kind of it's interesting to me that you were you were pretty a fearless guy when you were traveling so you were probably open to a lot of new experiences yeah, definitely. Well, I kind of went to Australia without any any plan at all. Um, I just took my guitar and I kind of just rocked up there and just I kind of just blagged my way through the entire eight months to be fair. But it kind of everything kind of fell into place. 
But I think I think that that always happens with traveling anyway, whether you've got a plan or not. You never end up sticking to where you kind of just go with the flow in these new places because you're meeting new people. And I ended up living with some Australians for like five months and um, playing up the bars out there and I ended up getting like some, some work on TV as well, doing like TV adverts, which was bizarre. It was, it was so much fun. Like, How did you find yourself uh, on TV in Australia? How did you work that? I was just busking on the street out there. And um, and a guy came up to me and asked me did I want to do adverts to make some money, and and like kind of like you you kind of just like for instance one of the adverts I had to do was like put on the Adidas outfit and like run in the park and film <laughs> for the Adidas advert. So like at the time I thought the guy was just bullshitting me, and like just do you know what I mean because like especially in this industry you've got to take everything everyone says with a pinch of salt, like but. Um, he um he wasn't he was, yeah he got me actually a lot of work and it was very like high paid like well to me it was anyway at the time as well like being there with no job at all so I kind of like I said man I, I don't know like I, I I feel like that part of me might have disappeared a bit now like but I didn't get phased by any of it I think I was just like excited all the time so I was happy to really just do whatever yeah it's almost like you were you were so open to anything, you know, that could happen, that anything happened, and you were, and you just let it kind of come your way. Exactly, man, yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, now, probably, after having some, like, ups and downs with this, like, music career, which you're always going to get, that was the very early start of my career, so you don't really, yeah, you don't really think about anything too much, whereas now, I probably do think about things a lot, a lot more, like, I wonder if you're if you're like more mistrustful now because now you've seen a darker side of the industry. Yeah, it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me, man. But I always do try and remind myself of uh, the time I went to Australia and when me and Taylor went to Tunisia and when how, and how these things like when sometimes there's like a dark moment going on, I just try and like uh, you know just like sit and meditate for a bit and just like remind myself that I know that in like three months' time this will probably be a good thing so which it always is like so yeah it's just good to it's good to remember the moments that are amazing dude i think the smartest thing you did was traveling with a guitar i think that was that is like a disarming symbol yeah yeah it was um it i, I wasn't very good even when i went to australia playing guitar but i kind of like had so much time there to practice like that's probably where i learned kind of you get past that phase where you you're no longer learning as much. You just, yeah, you just like discovering new things then with the guitar and what have you. So it was, it was, it was honestly an, an amazing experience. And without the people around me that I met, I don't think it would have been half the trip it was. So, well, yeah. I, you know, I know people who have been looking for jobs online for ten years and they found nothing. You went to Australia. You're busking in the streets and you found work in an instant. <laughs> so yeah, it was. It honestly, it was crazy to be fair. So I tell some of my friends that as I'm telling them, it sounds like a lie because it's that like, it's it's like it sounds like something off a film, like. But no, it was honest to God, yeah, it was it was it was amazing. Well, it sounds like the story is going to take a weird, you know, like a weird turn. Like the guy told me, uh, just run a bit in the park, and then you're I'm waiting for the other part of the story where it gets weird. No, no, it was it, 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 it was just more amazing. Like just, I kept getting more and more adverts and more and more shows and gigs. I remember playing a. 
a show out there with um, like a handful of Australians that found my SoundCloud and they were singing my song back to me as I was playing and I was like, wow, I can't even do this in the UK at the time. So it was, uh, it was just, a, yeah, it was amazing. Amazing moment in life. Do, do you remember that moment where you started busking in the streets and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Here I am in Australia and this could go any way. And it sounds like the reaction to you was, was, was really instantly pretty good. Yeah, it was. Um, I remember the, the first time it hit me is when I came through the terminal as I landed. And I was like, oh, shit, man. I've got no plan. I was like, is this a bad idea? Like, I was like, I don't have a good idea. I don't like. <laughs> Sorry for the language. Like I didn't, I didn't have no clue. I, I remember going to, and I was like, I don't even know where I got to get a taxi to. Like, um, and uh, I ended up just like getting in a hostel and like speaking to the people in the hostel. And they said, like they said, the place that I was busking was actually quite dangerous. The busking, it was like in the red light district. But um, I thought like if I get people while they're drunk, then I know they'll sing along and like. It'll be a great atmosphere, and it, and it it was um yeah it worked out like it worked out fine. I never had any trouble at all. I remember there being like there was these there was like two Aboriginal guys that liked to sit and listen to my songs, and at one time these two guys started fighting in front of my my like um my little part that I was asking in, and they like got up off their feet and they like chucked the guys like out of my way as if it was like my venue <laughs> it was amazing like, and so then every night I'd buy him like some, some cans of coke and crisp and crisps and stuff or you call them chips over here um, and uh, yeah and it just I ended up making like amazing friends amazing people I never thought of meeting so that's the first time I kind of opened my eyes up to like like never judge a book by a cover type of thing which sounds cliche but it's so true and then like to opening up kind of opening up your heart to meet anyone like so it was that in them senses it was very life-changing yeah where in australia were you i was in sydney for the first uh six months and then i went to perth and then Keynes. and i was when you said about it there is an actually dark turn to this entire trip and it's not that dark but i kind of slipped my disc in my back i was doing like <laughs> i was doing like backflips you just took a you took a weird turn in it and you slipped a disc. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I could I could do them at the time, but for some reason this one time I just like must have did it like slightly wrong or, and then I had, yeah I had to fly home because it was like incredibly painful. But that's how I ended up coming back, and then me and Taylor hit the road from there to Tunisia. Now, was there alcohol involved in the in the flip mishap incident? No, I, I didn't drink at the time. Like, I didn't drink till I was about, till probably this year. So I'd never drunk before. Now, are you finding that you have uh, an Australian fan base now? Um, no, probably not. <laughs> probably <laughs> you don't not, think so? <laughs> maybe just, no, maybe just about 20, 30 people that, that, I, that, I, that I met and the ones that were there at the time, but... I don't think so. There might be like one or two people who see us on the voice over there, but I don't think it's enough to like go and sell out a show. I call you sweetheart 
the sun shines where you are. Well, me, I'm just like the dark. Cause me and the moon both thought we But this ain't about me, babe This ain't about me, babe This ain't about me anymore Love's unexpected So I don't expect you like before No, I ain't alone You're deep in my soul And I'm walking on oh, oh, oh. Treated you wrong, babe Must have been a thousand times This time I won't hold back I can't stand it How you throw your love around And I was alone And girl, you did
tell me about you when you were growing up. Who were the were there were there Welsh bands that you kind of looked up to as a kid? Um, yeah, there's uh, two Welsh bands. Uh, the one is the Stereophonics, and the other band is the Manic, Manic Street Preachers. Two of the biggest. Two of the biggest Welsh uh, bands. Guess, yeah. Well, Manic Street Preachers, see, they're from the same uh, village as me. Yeah, you literally just, like um, listen to them growing up, basically. And the one guy had left his guitar in the school, which um, for, like, us all to play and stuff. So kind of like, that's probably quite, it was probably quite inspiring to play music from then. And then the, the other artist is Tom Jones, who, we're, who now we're like, it's insane when I say that we're on tour with him, but when you're a kid, like, this, this it's like, I don't know, he's like, he's like Sinatra to Wales. Like, so. By the way, the, the Manic Street Preachers are going to be guests on this program in a couple of weeks. Oh, wow. Well, tell them, uh, tell them that I'm very grateful he left his guitar in Oakdale Comprehensive School. Okay, I'm going to tell him that. I wonder who did it. Was it James who did it, or was it? Uh, I don't know who, who. No, I don't think it would have been James. Maybe Nikki. I, 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 yeah, I think it was Nikki. That's cool. Okay, I'm going to tell those guys that. And I'm a huge Stereophonics fan, uh, and it's funny because those guys are such a huge, huge band. And when they come to California, they play venues that are far too small for them. But not a lot of people know who they are over here. No, I know it's such a shame as well because. Um, like that, they're such a great band, man. And Kelly's voice is unbelievable, and his songwriting ability is is just brilliant. What do your parents think about you being on tour with Tom Jones? Uh, they still can't believe it. They're <laughs> just um, over the moon, like so. They're very, very proud of me and Taylor. Was there for you? Was there ever any moment where you went, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't do the voice because maybe my, people might think that we're not as edgy as maybe we really are. Was there ever a moment where you kind of went, ah, I don't know? Yeah, there, there was a good uh, four months of that actually first because once we came back from Tunisia, we had toured um, the UK for a good two years and built up quite a decent fan base, and we played some amazing. Um, some amazing gigs, um, some some pretty big shows. And when we got asked to do it, we kind of said exactly what we said. We kind of thought, oh, man, are we just, like, selling out? Are we are we, are we going to not be cool if we do it and all this sort of thing? But we kind of, like, completely run out of funds at the time. So it was kind of like a make-or-break thing in a sense of, like, do we stop doing music and go back to playing covers? Or do we just go on this show and expand our audience and... and and, you know, like, even if we get on one show we thought at the time, it'll be great because, like, more people will have heard of us and we could probably get a tour go to, which we were kind of trying to be strategic. But then I remember um, they said, like, come in and, and speak to us. And they were, like, trying to convince at the time because we kept turning them down. And they told us what other type of people were, were auditioning and, there was a lot of like singer songwriters. There was a lot of people that had been signed and then dropped off their label. So there was there was a lot of people in a similar boat to us. Were kind of, and the the winning prize was also a record deal. So we were kind of like, oh well, this is a lot more credible than your X Factor and things like that that we have in the UK. So that kind of like convinced us to do it. But I remember we were walking out onto the stage to do our first audition, and there was a point where me and Taylor were like, oh shit, man, what if we don't get through? Then this is gonna like completely end our career. <laughs> but like, thankfully, like, <laughs> thankfully it didn't, and that's the first time we met Tom Jones. Then, 
And how was Tom Jones? Like when you first met him, was he instantly cool? Yeah, just the, the coolest cat ever. <laughs> I would imagine he. I yeah, he seem he seems like like a guy who's eternally cool. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I think he is. I'm I'm curious because like when you when you decided to do this and this thing happened and you found out that a lot of people were who had been signed and then they were dropped and then these were people who were actually like pretty cool some edgy people what did that tell you about the record industry too or the music industry that people are coming to uh to this show um seemed to indicate that your decision was a good one because it's kind of hard out there on your own without any kind of boost like this well it's it's kind of quite it's kind of quite sad really to to see that it's gone this way. And it's, it's obviously like, there's perks to it being the way it is now. And then there's obviously flaws. And it, a lot of it seems like a lot, it's a lot of flaws, unless you're already an established artist. But if you're not, then it's like, it, it's extremely difficult now by the, the way all the algorithms work online as well with Spotify and Instagram and Facebook and all, all these things seem to be like, completely um like online driven and and i find this like it's kind of a shame as well there's like no mystery left to a band anymore right which uh, obviously some people can some people will love that that they did but i mean i, I remember when you, you used to buy an album and, and buy your cd and your record and i don't know there's kind of like a big mystery to your your idols and things like that then there's obviously perks as well with you can just talk to you fans like one on one now. So Did you were you guys surprised that you that you kept advancing? Were you were you surprised that, that it was going as well as it did? Yeah, every week just completely <laughs> completely shocked because we thought we were shit, but obviously luckily no one else thought that. Because cause like we'd done a load of gigs, so we thought we would be confident and like not not freak out, but the, the absolute opposite happened. Like as soon as we seen the cameras on us and I'm to walk on the stage, and I went, yeah, it, was, it wasn't like doing a show where you could play one song quite ropey and then like get into your set. You have like one chance and one minute thirty five to just nail this song, and the pressure of that is just unbelievable. But wasn't there a part of you that was like, I busked in the red light district of Sydney. I can handle this. No, I tried telling myself that, but it didn't didn't help at all. Yeah, cameras are are scarier than than a couple guys fighting in the red light district at your show. Yeah, I know. It just, it's just weird. It's, it is very weird. Like, but like I said, man, I I think that that part of me where you're young and fearless, I, I definitely faded by then. Is it because you kind of feel like you have a little more to lose now? Because you know you're swinging pretty free when right, no one knows who you are. Yeah, I think that is what it is, and I and it's just knowing as well that no matter, if you make a mistake, that it's going online forever. So I was just like, oh man, like I'm ever going to tell my grandkids I got through, or like did that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. It's funny because like the the trajectory of a of a traditional band, like take like the Stereophonics, where they start playing, you know, they start practicing, they start playing clubs, and it just starts growing over over a period of time. Uh, for you guys, boom, you're on TV. And um, that that must be a huge kind of jolt. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was um, it was very overwhelming. The first, the first, like, towards the finals of the show, when we came, we hadn't been home for maybe, like, six months. And you come back to do, like, some sort of, like, homecoming performance for the cameras and stuff on TV. And it was, there was, we played one of the first gigs 
one of the places where me and Taylor did our first gig into about into a front of about 15, 20 people. And then when we came back, like during the show, do this homecoming thing, there must have been about 600 people and no one just screaming, screaming, fans crazy. And it was just, it was just so overwhelming. I think it like scared both of us quite a bit at first. Is is there a part of you that sees like how quickly you can rise? Do you also in your brain go, all right, well, this can be as quickly as it's given, it can be taken away. So let's just have a little bit of fun and, and irony about the whole thing. Well, yeah, definitely. We're both like, a, we both know to keep ourselves grounded. And and I think that's important. Yeah, because like it's, as fun as it all is, like, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's only ever been about the music for me and Taylor. So we are very grateful, like, when the fans are there. So, like, yeah, we're just trying to make the most of everything we can. The same as we did when it was just busking on the street. So whether it's in front of thousands of people now, we try and take the time every night to, to, to see the, go out and see the fans and talk to them and stuff. So, we, yeah, we know that we're lucky to have it, definitely. When you take a break and you say, oh, I want to go travel, maybe I'll go to, you know, Sweden or maybe I'll go to Canada and just take six months and to myself, are you worried now that you won't, you can't be anonymous? Like people might recognize you and, and disrupt your your uh, your travel experience. Yeah, I, I think like I won't be able to do any of the traveling like I used to for, for, for a good while. But to be fair, um, I don't I don't want to do it at the moment anyway. I just kind of want to keep uh, going in and out of the studios and and uh, making and writing new songs. Like so, I'm uh, maybe later in my life I'll I'll carry on doing some more traveling like I used to. But for now, I just want to kind of just want to keep progressing the band. So I'm not I'm not too bothered about um, going to see all the different cultures yet, unless it's doing doing a tour. What uh what's the plan for you guys? Like so for example, after the Tom Jones tour, what is the move for Into the Ark? Uh, well we've got uh we've we've got our album to finish up uh first and then we've got fest it'll be festival season in the UK then, so we've got some, some really cool festivals that we're doing around the UK and Europe. Uh we've got some more Europe dates to do. And then I'm not sure yet, but I kind of like think we may be coming back to the U.S. in October, but I'm not, I'm not too sure about that yet. I know and, we've got uh, some music videos to release and um, and a, a more promo work to do in the U.K. as well when we start releasing our first proper singles and whatnot. How's the songwriting process going for you? Um, good, man. Yeah, really good. I've, I've always wrote since since I've been about 19, right? So um, I don't kind of fire them out like I used to, but... I think I'm a. I think I'm just more critical of myself now at the moment. So like, yeah, it's good. Like, I'm glad to be traveling around America so I get some new inspiration. Dude, I think I think a big part of your success is that you're a nice guy. Like, you sound like you're like you're open to experiences and uh, you're not jaded. You you sound like a, like a, a cool guy, and I think that that goes a long way. Oh, thank you very much, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's really uh, nice. Are you so? Hopefully, when you guys come to San Francisco, I'll uh, I'm gonna come to the show and say hi. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm really happy for you guys. I think you're you're doing it the right way. You're doing it in a very 2018 kind of way. Um, but I think I think it's very smart, and I think I think you guys are great, and and I think the sky is the limit for you. Oh, man, that's really nice. Like, well, yeah, definitely, definitely come to the 
the San Fran gig. I'd love to see you there. That'd be awesome. Totally, totally. And uh, I'm excited to chat with you. I'm glad you like the Phonics and the Preachers because those are those are huge bands for me. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely love them. Yeah, tell the boys when you speak to them. We did meet James Dean um, Bradfield once in um, in Wales, like, so he sh- he'll probably remember us, to be fair. How was he? Uh, absolutely lovely guy. Lovely guy, like, yeah. Uh, Really nice, uh, really humble. You know, it's scary when you meet people that you that you grew up admiring. Someone like you know, like the preachers. Like that's kind of scary. Where you hope, oh, I hope these guys are cool. Otherwise, I'll be crushed. Yeah, I know, man. Yeah, that's exactly what we were thinking because we were doing um, we were playing to the all the Welsh rugby team, and James Dean was in the crowd. And um, look, I'm glad we got to speak to him because we kind of, kind of, we kind of felt like we had to explain ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but uh, yeah, he, he totally understood. Like, I remember he said to us that uh, he, he said, I mean, I don't know if this is true because I wasn't alive then, but he said, like, it was a lot easier for them um, in, the, in, the, in the 70s and 80s because they were just like, and the 90s because they were just like punk rockers. And they said anybody would come to the shows. Like, so like, I'm sure you, that's just him being very humble. That's a very nice chat with a very nice guy. My thanks to Dane Lloyd of Into the Ark for the conversation. Into the Ark is on tour right now with Tom Jones, and their Valencia EP will be out June 22nd. So look for that in all the places that you look for music, okay? If you're looking for us here at Stereo Embers, the podcast, you can find us on iTunes. Do subscribe. Do uh, throw us a couple of stars. We would certainly appreciate it. We would also appreciate it if you would subscribe to Bombshell Radio since you're there. Uh, If you have some uh, guest requests, if there's someone you'd like for me to talk to, send me a line, editor at StereoEmbersMagazine.com or on Twitter. At Ember's editor. And if you feel like going down the Alex Green rabbit hole, it's a shallow one. It'll take you three minutes. But you can go to my website, alexgreenonline.com, and find out what's happening with me over there. Let's close things off with the new single from Into the Ark. This is Caroline. I will see you next week right here on Stereo Ember's The Podcast, only on Bombshell Radio.
That the feeling of weightless Means the higher you go The further you fall Such pretty lies from the eyes Of the cold Caroline could be so cruel Caroline 